your socials. <laughs> your favorite person, Serena. Serena! The Bellissimo Files on Spin. And now, your host, yes. Serena Bellissimo. Good morning. Hope you're having a great start to your weekend. It is me, Serena, here with you for the next couple of hours. And we've got a great show on the way. Daisy Edgar-Jones was in Dublin during the week and I got to catch up t- with her to find out what it was like working for Reese with a spoon and... She reacts to her normal people's success. Louise Cooney is going to be sharing her favourite things. And up next, I'm going to be introducing you to our one-to-watch chameleon. The Bellissimo Files. One-to-watch. This week's one-to-watch is a genre-hopping, multi-instrumentalist, singer, writer and producer who won Hot Press's 2021 New Local Hero Award. President Michael G. Higgins has said he's one of the very special talents with outstanding creative ability and he's just released his latest single, Show Me Where Your Heart Is. I'm talking about Chameleon. Chameleon, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, What an amazing past six to eight months it's been for you. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's been a very, very busy time, but it's been... It's been busy with all the stuff that I'm really excited about, so it's been it's been really fun. Well, let's start off with winning um, Hot Presses New Local Hero Award. What was that like? That was a crazy experience. It was really something that I didn't even expect to reach the final of. Uh, I had kind of applied because I had some free time in a lecture, and I just thought, no, I may as well give it a go. I'm, I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't usually win competitions like this, let alone even get to, you know, the next round. So it was kind of a, it was it was like a dream, just like getting from an, each stage to finally making it to the final in the academy and then performing, which was a pretty surreal experience altogether. But I was delighted with it. And then on top of that, you get a message, your own personal message and shout out from Michael D. I, I'd say that's up there with winning the award, yeah? Oh, absolutely up there. It was it was so funny. Like it was the I think it was the next day and I woke up and the first thing I saw on my phone was a tweet that had come in from Michael D. Higgins and I had to like do a double take. I thought I was still sleeping. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. It was such a such a gift. And so how how has life changed since then? Because you know, a lot of people do enter these awards and it's such a high and then sometimes it can be really overwhelming as well. You don't know what to do next. Yeah, it's really just been, it's been exciting, you know. I've just been really encouraged over the last while to to give this a, a proper shot and to, to put my all into it and to, to just have all of the, the backing and all of the stuff that I got with winning the award has been, yeah, huge encouragement for me, definitely. And you've been releasing new music, including Show Me Where Your Heart Is. Tell me about that. Yeah, that's been that's been great to have out. Uh, it's a song that I've kind of been working on for a while, but I came back to it there not too long ago and uh, I had some verses written and the verses kind of, I realised that the they were very suiting for my life at the time and my situation, even though I'd written them before. So I really wanted to finish that song and it's it's one that's super upbeat and it's it's summery and it's got a great vibe to it. So I really was excited to finish it in time for summer and, and, and get it out and just have people enjoying it in the sun. And in time to start playing it at festivals, you played Forbidden Fruit. What was it like taking to the festival stage? Yeah, Forbidden Fruit was mad. It's definitely been a dream of mine to play specifically Forbidden Fruit as my own artist Um, because that's one of my favorite festivals and it was just such a special day like all my friends were there and we had like a nice crowd and uh, it was a great time and i got to see all the all my favorite acts then after as well so so what's the plan for the rest of the summer for the year ahead so the plan is working hard i'm writing a lot of new music there's going to be a music video coming out 
uh, soon for Show Me Where Your Heart Is. So more to come on that. But yeah, I just, I'm, I'm really excited about, about the future and about writing and, and collaborating with other artists, especially around Dublin. It's going to be fantastic. Because it really is an exciting time in the Irish music scene, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, collaboration is, is such a huge thing for me. And especially in the Irish music scene, uh, I really feel like it's blossoming recently. And there's so many opportunities that are that are coming up for artists to work with other artists, but also in the hands of artists. So like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of great artists that are putting on events and are really just taking it into their own, into their own hands and into their own power and... Um, it's great to be able to, you know, go to those events where you can meet a lot of new people and connect with people you've maybe seen across social media or people that you admire in the Irish music scene. But everyone is just so friendly and inclusive and it's it's a great environment to be working in. Well, Chameleon, I can't wait to see what you do next. If people want to follow you, give us your social handles. Yeah, so if you want to follow me, uh, my Instagram is chameleon.wav and my Twitter is chameleonwav and my Facebook is chameleonwav. So... That's Chameleon, W-A-V. Brilliant. Well, Chameleon, good luck with all of that. Sweet. Thank you very much. Before I let you go, will you introduce your new track for us? Hey, this is Chameleon, and this is my new track, Show Me Where Your Heart Is, on the Bellissimo Files. The book Where the Crawdads Sing became a hit after Reese Witherspoon included it in her book club. It tells the story of Kaya Clark, an, Im- an abandoned girl who raised herself in the dangerous marshlands of North Carolina. When one of the locals is found dead, Kaya is blamed for his murder and she has to fight for her own life. Reese decided to not only read the book, make it popular. She decided to buy the rights and turn this into a film and cast in the lead role is... Daisy Edgar-Jones. I caught up with her during the week. She was in Dublin promoting the film. She was here for a premiere as well at the Stella. It looked fabulous. Um, We speak about the film, but we obviously also talk about her bestie from Normal People, Paul Meskell. Daisy, you said when you got this part, you were really excited to get the role. But what I want to know, what were the days in the lead up to that phone call like for you? Well, it was a very quick, it was a really quick turnaround. I've never had I've never had it sort of be that quick. I, I auditioned for the part I, on Zoom. Um, That's which was, gotta be weird. Yeah, it was strange. <laughs> it was strange because my friend Bio was auditioning with me and he was sort of in the bath. There was like, he was in the bath and Livy, the director, was balanced on about four pillows and I was like trying to give this performance, <laughs> which was very odd. But, um, and then I, I pretty much found out I think the day after, so... Oh, wow. So it was really quick, yeah. I, I sort of didn't have enough time. I didn't have that much time to sort of think about it, you know, so it was very... Because what's that period usually like? You audition, then you have to wait a while, you have to try and forget about it, but you don't forget about it, do you, so you get that call? No, so, you know, especially when something really means a lot to you and you and you read that part and you read that script and you think, I know I could do something. I've, I've fallen in love with this character. It's, it's sort of like dating someone, I think, you know, you fall deeply in love and you're like, I just hope they want me back and they don't go for someone else. <laughs> you said that you grew up watching Reese in movies, Reese Witherspoon. She then becomes sort of your boss and she says about you, Daisy is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. How does that feel? It's very surreal. I mean, it's very... I feel uh, very lucky to have worked with Reese and, and, um, and yeah, and I could, you know, that she's even seen my work is sort of wild, to be honest. So... You know, I, I think Reese is such a, an exciting producer as well. She's an incredible actor, and I've I've grown up watching her work. But what she's doing with Hello Sunshine is also just 
amazing because she really wants to sort of support women and pull them up and, and give them opportunities behind the camera as well as in front of it. So, yeah, she's really cool. Talking about women, this centres around Kaya and um, Director Olivia Newman has said, I think everyone resonates with Kaya on a personal level. There's a little of Kaya, little piece of Kaya in all of us. What part of Kaya do you connect with? I think Kaya's a very curious person and I, I guess I'd like to be and think I am quite curious. And, you know, she wants to, she loves her, her environment so much. She lives in this beautiful marsh, but she wants to understand it as much as she can and learn everything she can about it. And I feel like maybe that's why I, I like acting because when I get a character, I want to sort of know everything I can about um, that person and, and try and sort of understand them. So, yeah. Kaya says to Tate, sometimes I feel invisible. I wonder if I'm here at all. <laughs> that was completely different to your experience with normal people. How did life change for you? You went from not being invisible, but, you know, people not necessarily knowing you publicly, and then all of a sudden you're everywhere during a pandemic. Yeah, it was a very, surreal, it was a very, very surreal time in my life, which I think I'm still sort of looking back and trying to, like, unpick <laughs> how it felt, because it was a surreal time for all of us, you know. It was so unprecedented, and I think... It's funny because I'm, I'm, I love people watching and I think that's a big, brilliant part of um, what I do is that you get to sort of people watch and like pick up little things that you're like, oh, I, I might use that in a character. So it's an odd thing than being watched a little bit more outside yourself and getting used to what that feeling is. But I owe everything to that job and it means so much to me and my best, best friends are from, from it too. So um, it's lovely being back in Dublin and being, you know, here because I filmed here three years ago now, which is crazy. That's a bit weird, isn't it, when you look back and go, well, that was three years ago, but it's all really starting to take off now. Yeah, I mean, and it's crazy that three years have gone past. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like I blinked and now I'm like two years older. Yeah. <laughs> Where did that time go? Because it felt like time went in this weird time warp during, you know, during that experience. So it, it's so weird to me that it was three years that we were first started on. It job. must have been nice, though, to sort of take it all in, like get into the public eye, but not been in contact with everybody and then go out there and have your best friends experiencing this stuff with you and I mean you were at award ceremonies, met galas, what's been the most surreal non-acting thing that's happened to you in the last couple of years? Gosh I think I think maybe maybe this year I think maybe the Met Gala was one of them because <laughs> I'd, I'd obviously followed it online for a while and to, uh, sort of the entire way through being there I was like I just kind of couldn't believe I was there that I slightly like <laughs> felt like I was having an out-of-body experience and was watching myself sort of navigate the room so and then you're there with your man and then well. Paul you're, was there yeah. so we were probably both kind of like this is crazy like <laughs> I think that was probably the wildest just the oddest experience definitely I know you've got a lot coming up you can't talk about what's coming up so can I ask you a different question and say how are you feeling about the projects that you have coming up I'm excited I I, I think they're very different again and that's kind of what I want to try and do with the choices I make is is first of all work with film, filmmakers I admire but also try and just challenge myself and play characters that I haven't explored before so yeah I think they're quite different so I'm excited. I'm looking forward to all of it because I love everything you do. Daisy so lovely to meet you. And to you. Thank Thanks you. Daisy. You can catch Daisy in Where the Coral Dad Sings. It is in cinemas right now. Let's go! What to watch. What to watch. Joining me on the line now is our very own Deidre Malumbi with some film recommendations and some maybe to stay away from. Dee, how's it going? It's going very well, Serena. How are you this morning? I'm good. What are we talking about today? 
We are talking about where the Quodad sing, which is in cinemas now, and we're also talking about Persuasion, which is now streaming on Netflix. Well, let's start with where the Crawdads sing, because we just had um, Daisy Edgar-Jones on the show. She was talking about the film. She is fabulous, and I think the most... The, the best thing about this film is Daisy Edgar-Jones, but I want to find out what you think about it after you tell us what's happening. Oh, absolutely, Daisy, Daisy Edgar-Jones is the best thing about this movie. Uh, story-wise, we are following Kaya, who was abandoned by her family when she was a little girl, and now she's growing up in the marshlands of North Carolina during the 1950s to 1960s. So she suffers a lot of prejudice and exclusion from the locals. She's fallen in love for the first time and finds herself in a love triangle. And then as a young woman, she also becomes accused of murder. And through flashbacks, we see all of these uh, mysteries slowly come together. Let's take a clip. Okay, don't know why that's not working. But anyway, um, (laughs) there's no clip from Where the Crawdads Sing. But let's talk about what you thought about it, Dee. I I had mixed feelings, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm a big fan of the original uh, book by Delia Owens. I actually read it while um, while we were all in lockdown, so it was very it was good to have an escape into the marshlands of North Carolina um, of the fifties. So I, I really loved the book, and I suppose it is that issue of how difficult it is to um, you know adapt a book to the big screen. I personally think it would have worked more like better as a series because I just felt that like. It was very oversimplified in terms of a lot of the nuances of the original weren't there and they cut a number of storylines which I think really enriched the original story. I also didn't particularly like the look of the film. I just thought it was far too glossy. Like I suppose in my head, when I, again, when I was reading the book, I had imagined the marshlands as kind of like murky and wild and I think that that's meant to be kind of reflective of the lead character of Kaya herself, you know, that they kind of, um, you know, manage, she manages to live in this like really wild and quite dangerous environment. Like and it she, looked too Dee, like a movie set here. Yeah, Dee, she always looked pristine. Like, yeah. you know, at the very beginning when she was a kid, I thought they got that right. And then when she grew up, I was just like, where did she get all this money from? Why does she look like she stepped out of Laura Ashley? Yeah, she always looks camera ready. And again, it just kind of takes you out of the moment and it just doesn't feel realistic. Another thing that kind of bothered me about the film was even though the really, obviously the romance is a huge part of the story and everything, I just wasn't really getting the romantic vibes. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was. And it's no fault of the actors, Daisy Edgar Jones and the other um, actors here who include um, ha- ha- Harris Dickinson and, sorry, uh, the name of the other actor has slipped my mind here, but they're all very well cast and they're all good actors. Just the chemistry isn't there and the uh, courtroom scenes as well just fell a bit flat for me. It just felt that in terms of, like, in relation to the book, all the main story points were there and they were kind of hitting all the targets, but it just felt that they were like rushing through all the material trying to get through the end and then the end I don't know it just wasn't that enjoyable for me I was quite disappointed if I'm honest but I mean is it mm -hmm. right is it right that they've changed the end I haven't read the book and I'm not going anywhere near it um is it right that they've changed the ending or is that the ending of the book no, they haven't changed the ending, okay. but there is a part of the book that they've taken out, which okay. I think took away from the ending. And, and I'll leave it at that because I don't want to give yeah, anything away. No, 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 away. don't. So, yeah. so Dee, what are you going to give this out of five? 
Uh, I'd give it oh, two, two seems so harsh. Kind of two, two to three out of five, I would say. I mean, I think that like if you if you're going to check it out and you're just looking for kind of a a light kind of Hollywood movie, like it's fine for that. But just I was expecting something a bit deeper because I thought that the book had that. So yeah. that's just my personal. And it's not opinion. a reflection on Daisy Edgar Jones because, as we both said, she's the best thing about this film, and her career is just going from strength to strength. Let's move on to Annette. If you want to stay home and watch some at home, you may want to go for Dakota Johnson's Persuasion. It's at the top of the Netflix charts, but this is getting mixed reviews. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, I also feel a bit mixed about this one, so it's kind of a mixed yeah. what to watch this weekend. <laughs> um, so in this one, we are following uh, Dakota Johnson's character, Anne Elliot, who um, eight years ago was persuaded to uh, not marry this dashing man who she was absolutely in love with, but he did have humble origins. Um, they managed to meet again all of these years later, and she has to decide, is she going to take a risk take her chance with this man, Captain Wentworth, or has the wealthy Mr. William Elliot, played by uh, Henry Golding, caught her eye instead? Let's take a clip. Look at me. I'm Captain Wentworth and I am very impressive. I'm rich and I'm handsome and everybody loves me and I'm a sailor. Uh, Captain, meet Mary's sister, Anne. Actually, we've, we've, we've met. met. Long ago, before I was rich. Not before I was handsome. A clip there from Persuasion. As I said, mixed reviews. What's your review? Yeah, it's kind of a funny one, I suppose, because both these movies that we're talking about this uh, week have in common that I'm a big fan of the original books. This is actually my favourite Jane Austen novel. It was the last, I believe, that she published in her lifetime, and it really showed a a maturity of her writing, which I adored. Um, I'm a big fan of costume dramas and romances, the likes of, you know, Pride and Prejudice, The Young Victoria, Vanity Fair, and all of those. Um, I did enjoy this film while watching it. I don't know if it would be one that I'd go back to again Mm. and again because even though I enjoyed, like I said, the kind of like genre elements of it, I didn't like the way that they kind of modernised those elements as well. Like I felt like it was trying to be a bit like Fleabag with the whole like, you know, front to camera thing, but also like Bridgerton, like kind of a modern uh, costume drama. But I didn't really like that. And I suppose it is like maybe it is coming from the fact that like I'm a Jane Austen fan and I'm a purist and I'm like no why would you take like why would you make all of those subtle um, elements of uh, the book so obvious and I just I found the front of camera thing sometimes a bit cringe and the excessive red wine drinking I just thought was completely <laughs> unrealistic like I was like you might as well give her a tub of Ben and Jerry's as well if you're going to be that <laughs> unrealistic in relation to what um, you know what these characters would be behaving like in that era. At that, you know, I did find it a bit of fun and um, the actors are great. Dakota Johnson's absolutely fantastic. I really liked uh, Cosmo Jarvis, Henry Golding and the rest of the cast as well. Richard E. Grant also very, yeah. very funny as the father. So it is it is a bit of fun. I, I think it's, it's worth watching as kind of a one-off. It is a nice movie. What are you going to give it out of five? I'd give this three out of five stars. Okay, not bad. Dee, thanks a million for that. We'll see you back next weekend. Thanks for having me. If you want to find out what else is showing at cinemas, whether you should go check it out or not, well, listen in to We Love Movies tomorrow morning from 8 o'clock with Gordon Hayden. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite things. Joining me to share her favourite things is digital creator, entrepreneur, and now she's a podcast host of Louise Cooney's Open Book. 
Louise, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on. Congratulations on your new podcast. How are you feeling about entering the podcasting world? I was so nervous starting off with, I was like, oh my God, this is really? something I can do. I've never, I don't have any experience in radio, but I kind of was hosting these book clubs online on Zoom and it gave me the confidence, okay, I can hold an interview and, and it really sparked some interesting conversations. So I was really confident with the, with the concept and now I have a couple under my belt. I'm feeling more confident in myself to do it as well. So tell me, this all came out of lockdown. Like this isn't something you thought you'd be doing, but tell me how the book club started and why they started. So I moved home from New York pretty much at the start of the pandemic. I think we were maybe two or three weeks in and I moved back to Limerick thinking I'd be back in New York in a couple, like in a month maybe, you know, that never happened. So I was at home trying to figure out my next move, my next plan, but everything was standing still. So I was really just trying to keep myself busy, like everybody going back to basics, trying to have a little bit of escapism, trying to connect with people when we couldn't meet anyone. And the book club seemed like a great way to do that for my audience. So it was amazing. Like we had hundreds of people involved, which like, you know yourself on a Zoom call, it's it's a lot of people, like, you know? <laughs> And it was really enjoyable and it got me fully back into reading. Like, I'd never, I'm not reading a book, if not two books, you know. And I wasn't like that before. I kind of took a bit of a hiatus from reading. So, yeah, if you're listening and you're feeling like that, like, there's always hope you can get back into it. And now you have the podcast called Open Book, but it's more than just, I love the name, by the way, because it can mean so many different things. And mm. it is more than just a book review podcast. Tell us what people can expect from this podcast. So the podcast is based around honest conversations and also the stories that kind of shape your lives and how books have played a part in that. I think books allow you to tell the stories. So, you know, the first book, what memory does that spark? Or like the book you were reading when you first fell in love, what does that spark? Like it leads to really interesting conversations. A book that has helped you the most, your, your biggest teacher, um, a book that you always go back to. Like when you think about this for yourself, you're like, whoa, why is that? You know, and they mean such different things different people and it really does spark interesting life conversations like I've had conversations about weight loss journeys about mental health struggles about surrogacy and these are things that I have absolutely no experience in but if it wasn't for me reading these books I would know nothing about them do you know yeah so who are some of the guests that you're gonna have on the podcast so far we've had Louise O'Neill Trisha Lewis next week we have um Sophie White we have Melanie Murphy we've got Kathy Kelly Rosanna Davison, Andrea Mara, and the list goes on from there. But I have a, a list the length of my arm of people I want to have on. I love it. And as I said, um, the podcast is called Open Book. It's available now via Go Loud and anywhere you listen to your podcast. But listen, yeah. you get to know your guests on Open Book. We want mm -hmm. to get to know you a little bit better, Louise Cooney, through your favourite things. Are you ready for this? I'm not ready. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I always do quick fire questions to my guests when they come on. So let's see how I do. So, um, Louise Cooney, what TV show are you obsessing over right now? Oh, Love Island, like everybody else. I'm absolutely obsessed. It's like my routine. It's the one thing where like, you know, I love it for the summer because it gets me in early and it gets me bed early. I would just wish we had it in the winter too. Just unreal and the drama. What's your favourite film? To be honest, I'm not a big movie watcher, but like I, I much prefer reading, but I'm very excited to see the new Where the Crawdads Sing. It's one of my favourite books. I've read it twice and I don't read books often twice. So uh, Daisy Edgar-Jones from Normal People is in it. They had the premiere last week in Dublin. So I've already signed up my boyfriend to come watch it with me in the cinema. So I'm very excited for that. This is going to be a tough one for you. Do you have a favourite book? I have a couple, but probably the one that 
that I got the most from when I read. I'm torn between two. Um, what I know for sure by Oprah Winfrey, she kind of takes nuggets from her life and you can take a lot from it and learn a lot from it. Another one I loved was The Hearts Invisible Furies by John uh, Boyne. I'd never read his books before and it was just like poignant and funny and interesting and I just learned so much from it. Lastly, I have to say Marion Keyes, Rachel's Holiday, because it's such a classic and I just love her writing, I love her style. She's hilarious, she's easy to read and there's a reason she sold the millions and millions of copies she has. What song should everyone have on their pumped up playlist? You need something with a good beat. Yeah. Jack Jones, I love him at the moment. What's that song? Where Are You Now or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favourite album? I do, actually. I love 1989 by Taylor Swift. I'm with you on that. I, I don't know. Like, yes, she's done great stuff since then, mm. but what an album. So I'm a... I'm a Big Taylor Swift fan, and I know I know she divides opinions, but I absolutely love her. Just love her lyrics, love her songs. Besides your podcast, Open Book, what podcast are you listening to right now? If I want to laugh, I will always turn on uh, My Therapist Ghosted Me because I will literally be walking around by myself just laughing out loud. They're so funny, the pair of them, and they've hit, like, gold with that podcast. It's yeah. just, they complement each other so well, I think. What app can't you live without? Probably WhatsApp, I would say. That's kind of how I keep in contact with my family. Like they're all in Limerick and abroad and I don't think I could survive without that. Your favourite account to follow on social media? Right now, it's it's probably Love Island memes. <laughs> <laughs> I love those meme accounts though. You know, like Barry's banter bus and all those kind of ones. They just crack me up. And what's your favourite thing to do on the weekend? The weekend? At the moment, it seems to be weddings. I have weddings every single weekend. Um, <laughs> which has been really fun. I've had three in July. Oh my gosh. Uh, I know, yeah. But I love weddings. Like they are so much fun to get dressed up and the speeches and I just love it. It's it's such a nice day out. But in general, I love just going for a nice brunch, going for a walk with dogs, maybe getting a nice dinner and hanging out with my boyfriend and family. Sounds like a fab weekend, as is your new podcast, Louise Cooney's Open Book. Louise, thank you so much for joining us and good luck with the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. You're listening to the Bellissimo Files on Spin with me, Serena. Now, there is an, a prime video show that fans are really looking forward to. It premieres on Friday the 29th of July. It's called ba- Paper Girls and it's based on the really successful graphic novels by Brian K. Vaughan. Basically, a few hours after 1998 Halloween night, four 12-year-old girls have to face a mission. They're trapped in a complicated conflict. They will travel in time to save the world. It's actually really cool. I've been able to see four episodes. As I said, it streams. um, It premieres on Friday night and I got to catch up with three of the cast. Cameron Jones, who plays Tiffany, Thena Strazza, who plays KJ, and Riley Lane Nallett, who is Erin. Girls, so lovely to meet you all. Nice to meet you. Cameron, I was looking at your Instagram and you had up a poster of Paper Girls and under it you had, it's going to be a wild ride. What are we in for? Uh, You're in for a lot, actually. (laughs) I think the show is so well-rounded because you get a bit of every single genre in it. It kind of makes its own genre. Like you have retro, you have sci-fi, you have comedy, you got drama, you have mystery, you'll laugh, you'll cry, (laughs) you'll... I feel like you really like feel like you're in the show. And that's what I love about the show because it takes you on the ride with the girls throughout each time they go in. Riley, Erin's first day didn't turn out too well on her paper route. (laughs) Um, What was your first day on the job like? I think it's very similar to Erin. I was 
just so happy over the moon. It was something that I had wanted for so long. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how badly I wanted this project until I was, I was actually in it. And in that moment on the first day, I just felt so thankful and being able to work on a set with that's very female driven and um, getting to work with these gals. I felt very humbled. Sina, the girls all started off as strangers, but then ended up really good friends, had each other's backs. I'd say the same happened with you guys. Started off as strangers, now really good friends. What is it like, especially when you take on such a popular comic, what's it like knowing you've got people sitting by you who know exactly what you're going through right now? Because no one else does. Right. It's We all (laughs) definitely are going through a very unique experience together where no one else will have no one else will share this with us. Yeah. Um, and it's very strange to know that in a matter of, what is it, two weeks? Uh, less than that. Less than two weeks, the rest of the planet, if they want to take a look, they can. Um, it's been hours for so long, like two years now. It's It's been a part of our lives from our audition process to filming um, to uh, now. So... It's just been a secret for so long where where we haven't been able to tell our friends and family um, really the depth of what we've been working on. And I'm incredibly excited for other people to experience and hope hopefully love it as much as we do. Riley, there's a great message for fans to take from this. What, what message did you take from this? See, the thing about the show is that it covers so much and I, I took a lot away from the show, but I think most importantly, it's to live in the moment no matter what has happened or what you're anxious about what you think is going to happen it's important to savor what you have now and also that no matter how old you are it's okay to not have it all figured out it's okay that you feel unhappy sometimes because balance to me is really important to understand and what i took away from the show and what i hope other people can take away from the show is that no matter who you are you are more than capable of taking your fate into your own hands. I love that. I I am going to end on that and say enjoy what's ahead of you girls and thank you for this this show. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for your time. Thank you so much. Paper Girls premieres all eight episodes exclusively on Prime Video this Friday, the 29th of July. Up next on the Blissimo Files, Eva's going to be in telling you how you could train your own puppy for the Guide Dogs Association. Joining me in studio is Aoife with things we have may, may have missed this week or are about to miss. Well, Serena, first, I need to come to you, my official reporter on <laughs> all things Australian soaps, because you are always in the know. And there is a huge amount of people in Ireland who keep up to date on the likes of Home and Away and Neighbours. But there's big things happening in it this week. Well, see, the thing is, there's a lot of people who haven't watched Neighbours in a very long time. <laughs> but they've all wanted to know when is the final week. Right? So you yeah. can come in and watch the final week. If that's you, that is happening as of Monday. Now, oh. in Australia and the UK, it finishes on Friday. I don't know why here. 
I think it finishes on Monday or Tuesday, uh, the following Monday or Tuesday for us. But this is the week that you want to start watching because this is where the massive cameos are going to be happening. We've got the likes of Guy Pearce, who is an international mm. movie star. Um, Harold Bishop is back. So for anyone who likes um, Neighbours, he's the, the Alf Stewart of Neighbours. Oh, okay. We've also got the one that we're all looking forward to. And when we say we, I mean me. Um, Kylie and Jason are coming I back. I can't the believe they're coming back. That is iconic. It's huge. <laughs> it is huge. I've been trying to figure out if Kylie, Jason and Guy will be on the street at the same time, but I haven't seen them tweeting mm. photos of the three of them, unless that's going to be the massive reveal at the end of the show. Yeah, so are, they're obviously appearing as their car- their yeah. original characters. So Scott, Charlene and... Oh, Mike. Mike! There Mike. we go. <laughs> I was like, what's the guy's name? And Mike will be I'd coming be really back. interested to see how they tie them all into the story. Like, how are they going to make it seamless that all these people have suddenly arrived back? That's the one thing I will say. Everything's been tied up really... Okay. Um, yeah, but look, yeah. if you are a Neighbours fan, or even if you're not, you're going to want to watch this. So, you, But you know what? I wasn't a Neighbours watcher, and I think I will watch it, because it was such an iconic soap. It really is one of the, like, the the peaks of that type of TV show. so Exactly. So I'm wondering, what are RTE going to replace it with? Yeah. And if you aren't watching it on RTE, you can watch it back on the player, which is up there now. Yeah. And speaking of TV... Yeah, something everyone's watching. <laughs> something else that's a peak of TV at the moment. I cannot believe how bet into Love Island I am this year. I actually didn't think it would happen. I haven't watched it in a long time, as I think I've said here before, and it has just sucked me in no end. I know David there was speaking about it in Entertainment News, and unfortunately the cast have been getting a lot of hate this year. What's that all about? I don't know. I really... Now, it is a very... Like... It's definitely the most dramatic season we've seen in a long time, and I think people are questioning a lot of the behaviours in there, and... Um, I think people's eyes have been opened to producer meddling and all that kind of thing. So it's given people a lot to talk about. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think the hate, especially to their family members who are running their accounts, is on. really necessary. But somebody who probably I think has been getting a lot of hate while he was in there, maybe not so much since he was out. But Jax, I don't know if you remember Jax. You're not watching it, so I'm going to fill you in. Jax was in the villa. He was um, coupled up with Paige. And when he went to Casa Amor, he was the one who ended up kissing two other girls, came back and tried to win Paige back. He said it was really tough for him. He ended up leaving because he wasn't being himself and just had to get out of the villa because it wasn't good for him, which is fair enough. So Paige is still in there. He left her behind. He said he's going to come collect her from the airport and that he wants them to be together on the outside. But I'm pa- an old romantic. I'm like, oh my God, that's lovely. I know. But- and Paige is in there still. And she's cracking on with Adam Collard, who came back into the season from previous seasons. And are they getting together? They're coupled up at the minute and she seems to be really into him. He seems to be really into her. But where this all gets tricky and where I feel a bit bad is Jax is still on the outside waiting for her. And according to The Sun, he just turned down a stint on Celebs Go Dating because he wants to wait for Paige. And they were going to pay him some somewhere in the region of 60,000 yeah. Yeah, pounds. So, I but don't know. is he watching Aoife? Like, wouldn't he know? I was thinking about this. I wonder, is he not watching it? He was on After Sun saying that um, he does know Paige is, like, chatting to Adam and stuff. But he just told her to crack on the way he did in Casa Amor that she needs to have her test as they all call it I put that in uh, in inverted commas yeah Yeah. Um, so I don't know 
Will okay. they get together? I'm really curious to see how that all plays out once like Love Island is over. But if you want more Love Island news, you know to keep it on spin because we have all the breaking news as it happens uh, across our socials and here live on air. Yes. Aoife, the one thing that I've really been waiting for you to tell us about, you're telling me I can train a puppy for the Guide Dogs Association? Yes, so the Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind are looking for puppy raisers. Does that not sound like the best job Ever. What's your job title? I'm, puppy I'm a puppy raiser. raiser. So actually what it is, you'll be volunteering to take a puppy into your home and help them through the first stages of their life. So training them in obedience and all of the kind of general training a puppy would get. You will be guided by the Irish guide dogs. They'll give you all you need to know about all the obedience stuff they need to do with them. And you basically keep them from eight weeks old until 14 months old. And then they go off into the Irish Guide Dog Centre for their full-on, like, proper assistance training. Wow. So... You get to mind a puppy and yeah. you're doing good at the same time. Now, obviously, win, win. I think I would find it really hard to give the puppy back yeah. at the end, but you know they're going to help someone so, so much. So if you want to be part of that journey, they are looking for people in the Dublin, Kildare, Wicklow and Mead areas. And there's a few criteria that you need, like you can have other dogs, but they need to be kind of good dogs in a way. Um, the puppy can't be left at home for long periods of time. You need a secure outdoor area. Kids must be over five in the home. You need to be over 18. Um and you just need access to internet and Zoom so you can do the trainings as well. If you want to catch more info about that, you can get onto guidedogs.ie. You can have all the info over there and maybe you'll be raising a puppy very soon. That's amazing. <laughs> um, Aoife, you'll come back to us a little later on. I am, I am. As I teased earlier, I've got a little bit of a, a snippet of a Beyonce track coming your way along with the new one from... And you haven't even let me listen to it yet. No. Like, I cannot wait. <laughs> Along with the new one from Gavin James uh, called Novocaine, they are both going up for your track of the week. Head over to at official spin on a three eight where you can cast your vote for what you would like played at the end of the show. Three, two, one. Let's go. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. You're listening to the Bellissimo Files on Spin. Now, one of my favourite scenes here in Ireland is the comedy scene. Ireland has a fabulous comedy scene and the latest act... To join this scene is Broadstrokes. They're an all-women identifying improvised comedy troupe who have been performing improv shows every month in venues across Dublin. Next month, they'll be performing at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. But before that, you can see them at The Workman's tomorrow. I'm now joined by the director of Broadstrokes, Kira Berkeley. Kira, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I got so excited when I heard about you girls because... Improv is something that I love and I think it's from my um, background of growing up with a lot of American television and a lot of comedy and there were so many improv shows and I feel it's not something that's massive here in Ireland. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, like I first started improv and kind of only really heard of it um, in this improv troupe called Improv She Wrote at Trinity College where I studied um, and I really liked it there. And then when I left, obviously, you have to leave the improv troupe. They wouldn't let me stay, try as I might. But I thought I'm going to create another troupe because I love it so much. There's not enough improv nights. Uh, there's mob theatre. They do fantastic stuff. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of improv duos and stuff, but I really wanted a big troupe. Is it not nerve-wracking? Because improv, for anyone who doesn't know what improv t- is, tell us what it is. And I think this can, like, it's so freeing for me watching it. But I think if I was to be performing it, I'd be a bit nervous. Yeah, it's tricky because it kind of looks as if there's no rules, but there yeah. are a huge amount of rules. Okay. Um, um, and it's difficult because it's the art of 
learning all of these rules to improv and then kind of forgetting them immediately as you get on stage so as to not be in your own head. So how do you prepare for a show whose main feature is to have no preparation done? Yeah, that's tricky because um, I say to lots of people that we rehearse every week and they say, but you're rehearsing what? What are yeah. you rehearsing? Um, and it's really that we're rehearsing the form and the structure of long form. I find out stand-up comedy to be a, a very daunting experience, right? But at least stand-ups go in there with material and they, it's tried and tested and they know it's going to work. But yeah. improv, you just have to hope that it's going to be funny too. Yeah, the way, yes, <laughs> the way I'm explaining it makes it sound like it's a very, yeah. strict, uh, <laughs> very stern practice. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of thrilling energy when people get up there and get on stage. And I think uh, audiences can be wowed by it because they have no idea all of the kind of, you know, rules that we're putting into it and how hard we've worked on getting this form done. And then I think once we've got that done, it's a lot easier to slip into jokes and just kind of, you kind of enter a weird sort of zone where it can't help but be funny because it is so ridiculous at the same time, you know, us coming up with, <laughs> I mean, it's so funny because we're all, you know, a lot of us are art students and we're like role-playing at people with real like jobs <laughs> and stuff. Um, and I think that's inherently funny as well. Um, but yeah, I think um, the jokes just sort of come through the hilarity and ridiculousness of the scenarios that we're putting ourselves into. Well, it's great to see that this idea that you had has actually not only come into fruition, you're actually, you know, performing every month in Dublin, but you're going over to Edinburgh. How is the team feeling? We're so excited, absolutely just thrilled to be over there. It's just such an amazing experience going to Edinburgh because it's just, it's purely an arena for this sort of thing, you know, and being, you know, doing a show just feels like someone in there has faith in you, you know, to put on a show, um, which is so fantastic. Like we're so grateful to all of our friends in Dublin that have um, helped us put on our shows and helped us go through this journey in Dublin and then going to Edinburgh. It's just, it's so exciting and we can't wait to get to see everyone over there and see all of our other favourite improv acts over there as well. Well, I'm thrilled for you all. If anyone's listening and they're going, I want to see more of this group, give us your social handles so they can follow you, find out when you're performing. We've got our Instagram page um, at Broad Strokes Improv. Um, we've got another show coming up uh, this Sunday, 24th of July at Workman's at 7.30 and the tickets for that are on Eventbrite. Um, and if anyone is going over to Edinburgh Fringe, all of the information is on our Instagram page, but our Broad Strokes Improv is on uh, the Edinburgh Fringe program, so you can check out tickets there. Well, good luck with all of that, Kira, and I can't wait to see more of you girls. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Up next on the Bellissimo Files, we're going to be revealing the Bellissimo Files single of the week. Era, uh, era? Era, that's a new one. People Aoife. always mispronounce my name, but that's new. Aoife, who... <laughs> Take over for me, really. We've got Gavin James, his new track Novocaine, up against uh, the Saucy Santana oh. song called Booty. Oh! <laughs> up against each other for this week's track of the week. Head over to at Official Spin on Great. You can cast your vote on our stories there now before uh, we pick it at the end of the show. Let's go! Spotlight on the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files.
Producer Aoife is back in the studio and I'm really happy because she's been teasing us with news of a clip from a Beyonce track. Yeah, I'm going to tease you a little bit longer and give are. me that one second. <laughs> <laughs> what are you starting with? And we're going to kick off today's music fix with the new one from Gavin James called Novocaine. I really like that. I like when Gavin James gives us up tempo. Yeah, I really, really like that. And actually, he co wrote it with um, Ryan from One Republic. So, and he's worked with a lot of different people on the new album, which launched yesterday. It's called The Sweetest Part. Um, it's his third studio album and there's a lot of big names in the credits so I'm really excited to go and listen to the rest of it after hearing that one. And if you're a massive fan of Gavin James and you didn't get to hear his interview with Tara and Peter on Spin Summer Breakfast, you can listen to it. It is up online now, spin1038.com. Also, if you want to catch him in person today, I believe he's in Golden Discs in Dundrum at 2pm doing signings and a performance as well. And he is one of the nicest people he you, is. you will meet with the best laugh. Yeah. I think he has the best laugh Absolutely. in the business. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, who have you put them up against and then we're finally going to hear it he's finally going to give it to us this couldn't be more different to what we just played this is from Saucy Santana and Lato is called Booty Booty make a cry Let the booty make a swipe Booty walk him in the store and tell him hurry up and buy Shake what you got to get ya It's a lot of haters wishing they could see me there Shake what you got to get ya I'm gonna make them pay the second round of these people Who else got What else make them so I'm listening to the clip and I'm going to Aoife, I, I really like this. But then I look at her accusingly and go, sorry, where's the Beyonce bit? And then that sample, I'm like, I love this. Now, I must say I'm probably doing a disservice by saying it's a Beyonce bit. It is, of course, uh, from Crazy in Love, but Beyonce did sample that herself <laughs> from the, is it the, Sh- the Shy Lights? Is that how you say their, their band name? Uh, it was called Are You My Woman was the original track, so they both have sampled that. Um, but it is, of course, from Beyonce's Crazy in Love is where you would probably know it from. That is Santana, or Saucy Santana and Lato. Lato, who has been bringing us all of the amazing, like, samples in all yep. of her tracks absolutely loving them and I hope there's more to come me too now though I'm so glad we're not voting today because <laughs> Gavin is up against Saucy Santana go <laughs> 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 to our Instagram at official spring 1038 take the poll and tell us who will be this week's Blue Smith quite a choice this week it's uh, very very, <laughs> very different tracks up there for you this week both as good as each other exactly now while you're doing that tell us Megan Megan the Stallion has new music too yeah so this is new from Megan it's her collab with Future and it is called I hope I'm saying this right Pressure Elicious yeah let's go with that Okay. 
We're both bouncing here in studio after listening to that. Yeah, now, pressure delicious just keeps making me think of Fergalicious from back in the day. And I but think I don't think that's what, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it means either of those things. Um, online, everyone's saying, apparently the track explains what Pressure Alicious means. I listen to it. I'm not sure I'm any the wiser. But it's a good name for a song. <laughs> if you do know what it is, hit Aoife up on her DMs at Aoife Plunky yes. on Instagram <laughs> and uh, fill her in. But now it's time for this. Come on. Are you ready? Aoife's Always my favourite time. What have you got for us this week? I think every week I go, I always love when I get to bring you this, but that's just the dance track of the week every week. And I'm bringing you some disco goodness today from Jessie Ware. This is called Free Yourself. Oh, I am absolutely loving that new one from Jessie Ware. If you want to check out the rest of the track, it's called Free Yourself. But that is not what is our track of the week. It is the new one from Saucy Santana and Lato. It is called Booty on the Bellissimo Files. I'm loving that and so are you. You voted Saucy Santana and Leto Booties, your Bellissimo Files single of the week. I hope the tease for the Beyonce part was worth it. I'll do <laughs> that. But if you want to catch that and any of those new tracks, make sure you head over to spin1038.com or our app and you can get the Fresh Hits playlist over there. And if you missed any of our interviews, including um, chats with the cast of Paper Girls and, of course, Daisy Edgar-Jones, you can catch it back up on our website now. The video is there, spin1038.com. Up next is Jess. Eva and I will be back with you next week Some with some other massive stars. Enjoy what's left of your weekend and we'll catch you then. Bye. Three, two, one. Let's go. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin.